Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Doing well. Doing good, well. Good. Lots of business. Uh, yes, I'm going to start off by counting the money and All see right. how see <laughs> our government's doing. <laughs> but there is a report that uh, I want to talk about for a few minutes because it really uh, got a lot of attention in the financial markets and elsewhere. Because uh, some are even saying, is the inflation over? Is the inflation over? We got a figure and it was way lower, you know. Of course, they only, there were several numbers they could have uh, recited. They could have t talked about a number of uh, price inflation the past year, which was much worse than the price inflation for the last month. And so because of the last month, it was way down and better than expected. Everybody loved it. Even gold people loved it, which is a little bit bizarre because when they report a CPI number that goes up, uh, they anticipate the Fed is not going to do the right thing on the financial market. It has room to uh, uh, not print quite as fast, which isn't true. But uh, ordinarily, you would think if the CP CPI is going up, the gold would go up. But it does the opposite. So the CPI today went lower than they expected, which says, oh, the uh, government now can uh, you know print more money and of course the stock market loves that there's more money pr prop up the stock market and also the uh, commodities and gold gold uh, uh, they, they <coughs> i think gold is in the position where it wants to take off anyway because we've talked about the central banks around the world buying more gold so this was uh, this was an opportunity for gold to show its uh, strength and it, it, it was up like $35 an ounce. It's mm. still, at the moment, it's up still $30, which is a, which is a big jump. But uh, I sort of got, get a kick out of some of this stuff because it is uh, sort of disorderly, but it's, this market's trying to figure it out. And uh, the, sometimes the market's figuring out has to do the opposite of what's really, really going on. So uh, I've often told the story about the Fed chairman saying, yes, Ron, I agree with you. But as long as we do it orderly, it'll be okay. So as long as, <laughs> as long as we stick it to the American people, as long as we can say, well, your prices are going to go up three per a week. Uh, oh, that's orderly. So, uh, and they've gotten away with that to a large degree. When you think about gold at $35 an ounce, it hasn't, it hasn't been, uh, you know, totally orderly, but compared to what it could have been like runaway inflation and all. But uh, some of that has, uh, has, has time to come. But uh, I, I think about this as a good indicator of what's going on because uh, when the interventionists, the Keynesians, uh, you know, inflate, they do it for a purpose. It props up the stock market and uh, it looks like there's boom times. So, uh, and there is, there's boom times, it's artificial. So printing money and running up debt on the short run looks good and everybody gets addicted to it. And uh, that's uh, whether you're rich or poor, so they learn to, to, to live with it. But I would say that people should look at that as an artificial result. It's not a, a true economic growth. True economic growth has to come from savings. Uh, but there are, there are no savings because uh, that, mean, that would mean you'd have to have honest interest rates. You don't. You have artificial rates. And so the market is totally distorted. You know, mm -hmm. So the boom times are artificial, but people do 
gain, but eventually it stops because it's not real growth. It isn't because the economy is growing. It's because uh, it's artificial, and it's, it's like you or I, if we go out and, and decide, well, Daniel, for next month, let's each of us borrow a million dollars, and we can take <laughs> off for a month. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the month, you know, we'll have to pay the bill. But uh, governments get away with that for a little bit longer. But the, the, the really weird thing about Keynesian economics and monetary policy is they recognize this, they know it's dangerous, and they know that a correction will have to be lower wages, but nobody wants to lower the wage, so they know that if they print even more money, the real wage goes down. So that is the purpose of keeping printing, uh, printing the money. So they see the, uh, <coughs> the other reason what they can do is to get prices to come down because the prices are going up too fast. It's those consumers doing this. It's the businessman doing this. So what, what they do is uh, they, they say the solution has to be a recession or depression. <laughs> you know, hurt the economy. So none of it makes any sense to me. Uh, and uh, on the short run, there's a big reception to this. Uh, it's fun and games to try to figure it out. And because there's uh, the subjective theory of value that uh, Austrian economics teaches, uh, you, you, can't, you can't figure this out. You can't say, well, the Keynesians think they can take this and manipulate it and then decide that if we do A, B, C, we're going to get this, this, and this. It doesn't work that way because, uh, you know, the, the, the big thing is that individuals make these decisions and individuals should be deciding what interest rates should be, the spending and what the, what the producers are producing. Uh, instead, we get artificial booms at home and we have wars overseas. And, uh, and the worst thing about this is the, the real motivating factor. They're looking at all these statistics which they can manipulate. But the thing they ought to be looking at, and they talk about it, but they don't see the absolute connection, and that is government spending and debt. Uh, because they know you, in a market, if you have, if you spend excessively, an individual or anybody or, or a country, the people have to produce more, you know, and pay for it. But that's not the case. They, they don't pay for it. Um, uh, what they do is they debase the currency, they print the money, and that's the cycle. And, and they think that right now they didn't wait for the cleansing of this cycle because they think they can start uh, lowering interest rates. Uh, you, 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 I mean, uh, raising interest rates. Say, I think we've conquered this. I think <laughs> we've conquered they, they have no idea. So uh, most of the people who study free market economics are anticipating that we're nowhere close to saying the, the final bell has rung, the inflation is over. Yet today I saw some headlines. Uh, it looks like inflation's been solved here. <laughs> it went down one-tenth of one percent for one week or <laughs> one month. But the last year, it hardly moved. It's going up seven and eight percent. And that's what the government reports. But they don't, they have a habit of not always telling us the truth. And, uh, <laughs> and sometimes they put that out there to, to move, move the markets. And these announcements, they do move the markets, but the market maybe takes a day or two. So, so even today or tomorrow, there may be a, a correction of all the anticipation of what happened today. But uh, I, I, for one, I looked at this and said, people shouldn't get too excited that inflation is over. And to tell you the truth, I don't think there are very many people. Uh, it's going to be the investor who knows what might happen for a short period of time and they can make a buck. 
but I don't think the American people woke up and paid as much attention. Oh, CPI is down. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks like uh, it looks my income is going to go up because <laughs> prices are going down. Yay, I, I don't think it's going to work that way. So uh, I, we'll, we'll have to keep busy. And of course, Chris and I talk about this issue uh, each week on Friday yeah. at, at and, and Birch Gold is always interested in, in talking about this too, the, yeah. the company that we work with. So this was uh, uh, this was interesting. I, I'm fascinated because it's technical and I reject the whole principle that uh, I understand technical or I, I have the personality for looking at the emotional, whoops, up and down <laughs> like that. So I, I avoid that. But some people uh, are able to do it. And there's even some good uh, Austrian econ economic uh, investors who who know uh, you know they take a different invest a different interpretation but and have done pretty well but uh, I uh, I'm a pretty old fashioned about you, you know, have to work hard save some money and pay your bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, much of this stuff goes over my head. I have to say, Dr. Paul, but what I'm getting from what you're saying is that we're in a period of dangerous, dangerous unpredictability, uh, and. And I will, it's a good time to bring in our, uh, our partners, our sponsors of the show, which is 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com, because in times of dangerous unpredictability, unpredictability, when you see inflation going up and down, we don't know what's going to happen next. The one thing you can do, you can't control the Fed, unfortunately. What you can do is make sure that your family has food, your family can survive, it has generators, uh, and the best place to get that is 4Patriots.com. You can get a three-month supply of survival food, extremely easy to prepare, and also very tasty to eat. You go to the number 4Patriots.com, enter in RON as your code, and you will get 10% off your first order. And of course, all of your orders over $97 will get you free shipping and their famous money-back guarantee if you don't like it, but there's not much to not like. If you look at these pictures, you'll know what I'm talking about. 4Patriots.com, enter in Ron. Now we're going to go to the title uh, topic of today's show, and this is all over yesterday. I was shocked when I saw it, and I'm very pleased that one of our good friends, Professor Jonathan Turley, who's a professor of constitutional law at George Washington University, <coughs> had a very interesting take on the sudden, sudden arrest of Sam Bankman-Fried, some people call him Sam Bankman fraud. <laughs> Nevertheless, let's put up that first clip because it really is a head scratcher and Professor Turley really, really hits it on the head. He says in a piece that just came out, the Justice Department faces questions after effectively preventing Bankman Freed from testifying in Congress. And he, <laughs> he makes a point that, so Bankman Freed is scheduled to appear, I believe, before the uh, Financial Services Committee next week. He has been known these past few weeks for, for mouthing off about everything and incriminating himself. He can't shut up. You know, your first thing your lawyer should tell you is shut up. He can't do that. He's going to appear before the committee. He's going to get grilled before the committee. And just before that happens, boom, the prosecutors of all people take him up and prevent it from happening. And put that back up because I've highlighted uh, Turley's point about this. <coughs> Turley said, this is the first time that I can recall where prosecutors moved aggressively to stop a defendant from making self-incriminating statements. Obviously, normally a prosecutor is like, keep going, keep going, keep going, we're getting you. Let's go to the next one from Charlie's piece. Uh, and I'll just go through a couple of these and I'll turn it back to you, Dr. Paul. He says, 
That is ordinarily a dream for prosecutors, the fact that he keeps talking about what he's done. But the Justice Department moved quickly to prevent that from happening. At that stage, Bankman-Fried was not charged or in custody. He was not protected by Miranda or any other constitutional rules from self-incriminating statements. He said, and then he goes, some of us had already warned that he was causing himself considerable harm, damage in making such statements. This was a defendant with a large legal team facing possible criminal uh, charges who seemed eager to speak about his actions and motivations. And I like this line. Most prosecutors would sit back, make popcorn, and watch this unfold. And the last uh, clip from Turley uh, is fascinating. He says, um, yet that doesn't explain why the Justice Department would not want to hear a full account from him before effectively shutting him down. Now he's not going to say anything. He's, you know, he's been apprised of his rights. He doesn't have to say a single word. Um, so the first time I can recall from prosecutors rather than defense counsel moved to effectively muzzle the defendant. Someone on the committee, someone in the House understands this. And the last clip before I send it back, Dr. Paul, is from Representative Lee Zeldin. He, he, he nails it on the head. He says, tomorrow Sam Bankman-Fried was scheduled to testify in front of the House Financial Services Committee. He, he was ready to give, they were ready to grill him six ways to Sunday. Now, breaking tonight, FBF was arrested. Why not allow him to first testify tomorrow and answer our many questions? That is a very good question from Representative <laughs> Zeldin. I have a sneaky suspicion <laughs> that politics is involved in this. <laughs> you know, that, that is a wild uh, estimate, but, but it, it is. And I think uh, the, the Democrats are cocky uh, because they, they've been able to handle the FBI and the Department of Justice, and they have, uh, they have a pretty good record for what they're doing, lying and cheating, you know, since uh, t- 2016, and it's ongoing. And all of a sudden, uh, they, they thought they overstepped, and at least the media decided, boy, the Democrats are going to get wiped out this time. You know, and all of a sudden, things didn't work that way, and, and they've stayed involved, and they've, they did get a boost from, uh, uh, from, from their friends, uh, you know, uh, uh, from Bankman Freed. He, you know, he was, he was rolling in the dough, <laughs> and he was uh, cheating a few people, and he was passing it out. But he didn't pass it out to the Republicans. Yeah, I think a little bit. But the big money went went to the influence of the Democratic Party. I think they're in a bind. You know, is, is what it is because uh, if he if he would have started spilling the beans or, or or leaning toward the truth, it looks like, oh yeah, you know, they're my best friends. We go out every night. You know, it might not take four years to get to the bottom of it like I think they are uh, with the use of the FBI over there. But the Justice Department, uh, you know, it's not reassuring. I don't think the American people are reassured. Uh, I think it's good news that with all this effort and all this power and all the bribing that goes on and all the money that's involved, that there would be nobody that would blink an eye. Uh, (laughs) But I, I think maybe they're getting the message that the country uh, are, are in a, a situation where this this can't last. There, there's a limit to how, how far they can go. It's probably a monetary limit because of uh, the, the fact that of the debt exploding. And, and maybe they might not call it what I call it, but I think it's a moral financial bankruptcy. And it's difficult to deal with. And here, here we have this guy that just <laughs> stole a couple billion <laughs> and tried to bribe the Democrats. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, some other innocent people uh, got let the cat out of the bag, and uh, now they're uh, 
they're, they're, they're very happy to, uh, uh, you know, continue to do the same thing. But we have to be careful because, you know, uh, you know, lying is something that benefits the uh, dictators. So, yeah. so, and, and, uh, and this guy is, might be at the point, he might be very dangerous. He may start telling the truth just for fun, the fun of it, you know, and, uh, and but who knows what's up his sleeve. But I think I think the Democrats are pretty shrewd. And even though I think they've been caught red handed over the uh, Russia gate, I don't think that, uh, you, you know, the social media and, uh, and uh, the regular media and, uh, and all the political forces uh, and all the plants they have in all the uh, law enforcement agency. I think I don't think they've walked away embarrassed and say, "Oh yeah, it looks they caught us. We better <laughs> we better uh, close shop for a little bit." Uh, they they don't give up easily, but but this is and I thought uh, uh, Jonathan uh, did a great job truly yeah. on this issue because uh, he, he understands it well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny you started that last segment with saying, talking about politics because the very next thing we have queued up and let's put it up here. <laughs> talk about politics playing a role. No, that couldn't be. That couldn't be. Oh. Here's Sam Bankman-Fried hugging the chairman of the Financial Services Committee, Maxine Waters, the very person who's going to grill him, grill him today before he conveniently was arrested, before he could say anything maybe about his friendship. And there he is, his dad's next to him uh, and is involved in this, but um, he is the second largest donor to the Democratic Party in this last election cycle. Uh, cycle behind only famous money bags George Soros. So he's up there with Soros. He's got the power and the money. The person gonna grill him is his good friend Maxine Waters. There's another video, I didn't cue it up, but of her blowing him a kiss after last time he appeared before her committee. So uh, it would have been interesting, but here's the next one. Here's the Zero Hedge tweeted this out because <laughs> he says, Dear Maxine Waters, get those refunds ready. And this is part of the indictment where it talks about Bankman Freed uh, using his money uh, to, say, uh, donate, <laughs> let's use that word, donate to Democrats. Uh, and while no one is saying that he directly donated to Maxine Waters, we don't want people to get the wrong impression, he did indeed give a lot of money to the Democratic Party. Uh, and that's probably why, if you look at this next one, Maxine Waters, you know, usually when she's mad at you and she wants you to appear before the committee, she's going to read you the riot act and get you over there. If you happen to be the head of a social media who's not censoring enough, she's going to yell at you. But here's her inviting Sam Bankman-Fried. She said, SBF, we appreciate that you've been candid in your discussions about what happened at FTX. Your willingness to talk to the public will help the custom company's customers, investors, and others. To this end, we would welcome your participation in the hearing on the 13th. This is how she gets him. And then this, uh, this other Twitter poster, DC Investor, says, Maxine, what are you doing? You sound obsequious. And I don't believe you understand how bad this looks, especially given your previous friendly relations with Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny, but Sam Bankman-Fried, Waters is a very powerful person. Not particularly smart, that's a different issue, but very powerful. But he's got even more powerful friends, Dr. Paul, which might explain why they don't want him talking. Let's do the next one. Here's his good buddy. We recognize this guy. He's got his Ukraine lapel pin. Yes, it's former President Bill Clinton hanging out with Sam Bankman-Fried, doing a little speech with him. And not only 
Bill Clinton, but look, look at the next one. Here he is with Bill Clinton and international war criminal Tony Blair. The two of them are responsible for a lot of deaths in Yugoslavia, Dr. Paul, but they also still have enormous money and enormous power. So here's Bankman Free looking like a homeless guy sitting next to Clinton and Tony Blair, former British Prime Minister. He's got friends in high places, and I think that's why they want him to shut up. Yeah, that's for sure. They, they have an incentive. You know, when you were reading what uh, Waters was saying and thanking, <laughs> thanking Bankman Freed, I got to thinking, you know, and they say this so seriously. And, uh, you know, when they're pathological, they do sound like they're telling the truth, and you have to pay attention unless you know what they're really talking about. But I think she, there, I thought she was the perfect definition of what I consider a nihilist is. A nihilist has no concept of right or wrong, and uh, they tell lies, but there's, there's never any guilt or shame. And uh, you could tell just her language. And, you know, she's so, uh, you, you know, when she goes out there and uh, performs as the Speaker of the House, at least we might not have to listen to that. She'll find maybe another job or something. We'll have to listen to her. But, but, but anyway, I think that, that is a, a big thing, that the American people have trouble, but they're approaching the point where they just don't believe politicians. That's you good. Know? <clears throat> First, you assume they all tell lies, and then the people you trust and know, maybe they can start uh, you know, listening to them and believing them. So that's what we've been doing you know, with Germany. We love an honest journalist that will just be a journalist. Yeah. We don't want them to tell them, you know, just be somebody that's agreeing with us. Uh, we want people to go out and get this information. And uh, this, is, uh, this, this is a problem and very frustrating. And this is one of the reasons why we, that the, the fact that we don't have it, it means that our system is very sick and it's on the wane uh, because you, you just can't operate a society based on freedom and, uh, you know, volunteerism with the people thinking that lying has no consequence. Yeah. Well, there's another reason, Dr. Paul, why I think they want to shut Sam Bankman freed up and hopefully he doesn't get Epstein because he's got a lot of secrets. Wouldn't want to be him right now, to be honest with you. But it's Ukraine because there have been a lot of allegations. We have not investigated them all, we have to say, but there have been a lot of allegations of FTX's involvement in financing the war in Ukraine. Let's put up this next clip because this is just an example of it. This is posted by someone. It's a chart. Again, we have not investigated every aspect of this, but it has to do with his own family ties. His mother, I believe, is a top fundraiser for the Democratic Party. And this uh, Twitter handle, Barron, makes a good point. He says, the Biden-Zelensky money laundering scam. The U.S. government sent billions to Ukraine. We know that. Zelensky then took the money for the military and invested billions of it into the startup crypto exchange FTX, which then became the second largest donor to the Democratic Party behind Soros. Uh, it looks pretty damning, and here it is. I like pictures. Let's look at the next one. Here's a simplified version of what certainly needs to be investigated. You have Biden here giving billions of money to Ukraine. We know that Ukraine has partnered with FTX. FTX then takes the money that it gets from Ukraine from the American taxpayer because we know money is fungible, Dr. Paul, <laughs> and it makes big donations to the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party then backs Democratic candidates, including Biden, and around and around we go. Again, like, like our friend Chuck Spinney would say, self-looking ice cream cone. 
Um, if this is the case, then there are even bigger fish to fry than Maxine Waters, because we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars, possibly, or certainly a hundred billion dollars that went through this. How much has been laundered? How much uh, has been uh, misappropriated? How much has been stolen? And we've talked about it on the show so many times, Dr. Paul, nobody wants to audit it so we don't know. What are they afraid of? That's the big question. This means that he may be friends with the people in the military industrial complex yeah, because yeah, they would too. benefit. You know, he's over there getting the people in that will do their bidding and uh, they'll be happy with that. And they are, they're on a roll right now on what they're doing. They, it seems like the uh, Congress won't uh, turn anything down. We're in transition now, but it'll be interesting to see what happens next year, even though, uh, even though the total spending is not going to change. You would hope, you know, that the House would stand up but i haven't seen any good reports coming from the house that say that they are except for a couple people yeah that, that, that they're really serious about uh you know dealing with a foreign policy by uh controlling the spending because they might say oh no foreign policy that's the president he can start a war anytime he wants our job is to pay for it yeah. i mean that's about what's happened and uh, of course it's been very tragic and has contributed to this whole atmosphere so a guy like bankman can go out and be a, a billionaire in a short period of time yeah. that he bribes the, the democratic politicians with yeah. i mean this uh, no no wonder the people get pretty sick and tired of all this <laughs> yeah it's deep corruption but it looks like he may end up being the fall guy and if you put on this next one this is um wendy pfeffercorn on twitter went and looked at the federal sentencing guidelines and it's not good news for our good friend sbf uh according to federal sentencing guidelines if you account for all of today's developments it looks like fbf sbf is looking at checks notes 612,000 years in prison. Uh, it's not, he's going to better get comfortable there. Something's going to have to happen. Who knows what will happen with him. But anyway, let's move on to a quick little update on a story we keep following. And this is a piece that was in Zero Hedge. And I would look at this as kind of good news moving in the right direction. Put that next clip up because according to Zero Hedge, Biden is under mounting pressure to drop charges against Julian Assange. And we talked about that letter signed by some mainstream media, international mainstream media outlets, and urging and encouraging it. We know that the source of Assange's information, Chelsea Manning, was herself, had her sentence commuted. So the only person left on the hook is the publisher of that information. So let's hope this is right, Dr. Paul. Yeah. You know, he's uh, been charged essentially, you know, with treason. Yeah. And I find it ironic that... Uh, uh, I mentioned already once today, truth is treason, you know, in an empire. So here we go. Well, who committed treason? Well, this guy that came along and he started writing, he's an Australian reporter, you know, <laughs> journalist, and he's doing this. So we have to charge him with treason to the United States. And, uh, and, and the, whole, the whole thing is, 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 is you know, uh, it's the, the charges have been supported not by the, we can't say oh, it's the Democrats that did this, the Democrats did it. It's a bipartisan thing. It's been going on. Even if we get a few Republicans in there, they have done nothing. Uh, there has been so few, a handful, that will even speak out. It is, it is really tragic. So it makes me ill when we say, you know, last week the Chinese did such and such, and it wasn't very nice to their people. We are going to put sanctions on them until they learn their lesson about civil liberties for their citizens. And, uh, at the same time, we treat some of our citizens, our non-citizens, like the worst kind of citizen we have, and lock them up in a foreign jail, and we have control. 
I would think that maybe that whole story shows you the strength and the power and the intimidation of our empire. But the empire is going broke, so and, and that's why they're talking about other currencies and challenges and other alliances. So uh, for the peace, for the purpose of peace and prosperity, uh, people shouldn't lie around and say, "Oh, it's going to hurt us. We're going to lose our political power. You have to be strong and tough and hold all these people in line, and they, we have to make sure they're disciplined." But uh, where the discipline should be is on ourselves, the discipline to protect our liberties and protect our uh, financial system. Absolutely. Well, I'm just going to close with a couple of our Rumble rants. Dennis Marburger up there in Michigan uh, sent in $51. Uh, we appreciate that. He says, in memory of Tony Demont, dynamic leader of Michigan's Liberty Community, Ron Paul campaigns and Campaign for Liberty. Tony will be greatly missed. We'll follow his example as the happy warrior. Very sad to, to hear that. Uh, we also had um, a $10 donation from Doubting Thomas, and we appreciate that. We appreciate all the people watching the show live, and we enjoy watching your, for the most part, watching your chats as you go. It's a nice little club. We hope you'll continue to do that. Make sure you're subscribed, and also hit the plus sign so we get some more viewers. From Dr. Very, Walt. very good. And I want to, uh, once again, thank our viewers for tuning in because uh, we're very interested in that because our goal is to spread a message. And the message is, of course, about peace and prosperity. And that's why it's, it's, it's uh, designed the way it is because it is one principle, the principle of liberty. It was enshrined to a large degree in our Constitution, but we were even warned back then that if the people don't maintain a moral tone and a moral understanding, uh, all that writing won't be of much use. But there's, it's better than some of, some of the other things that have been written throughout history. And it's still a starting point if we ever get serious about cleaning up our mess because there's things in the Constitution about property rights, uh, uh, the pro about the monetary issue, about foreign policy, uh, which are to totally ignored. And, uh, and nobody feels guilty about it. Say, oh boy, you know, I wished I could have done better, but it, the conditions were rough and, and uh, there was no support. Uh, but um, right, right now, I think we are in transition. More and more people are waking up and saying, this thing is a mess. And they say, how did this ever happen? And I'm one of them and says, how can this happen? And uh, the people putting up with it. So when I, when I think of what's happened just in the last three, four, five years, it, it's hard to believe. It's really tough on me because, uh, you know, I'm determined to remain an optimist. If you do the right things and work toward a free society, everybody's going to be more peaceful and happier. But uh, right now it's a real challenge, but it is not that difficult to do if we accept just the basic principle that we should never aggress against other people. We shouldn't lie, cheat, steal, or kill. It's been around for thousands of years, those rules. And uh, for thousands of years, they've always been challenged by the people that I call the nihilists. They don't believe in truth. They don't believe that uh, there is anything like right and wrong. And that's what life has all been about. But there's been periods of time in our history when things have, have been much better and much more peaceful. And all we can do is present the case for that and try to convince people that we'd all be better off if we accepted those principles. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.